It's our privilege again to hear from God's Word from the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, John Lozondak will come and be bringing God's Word to us. Uh, Keep in mind, of course, that we do have our meal immediately following the service. Hopefully that will encourage you all to be extra attentive as he brings God's Word to us this evening. This is a watch. (laughs) And I'm going, I let you know, pay attention because I'm watching it too. If I can see it. One of the hardships of preparing sermons is uh, really entering into the text, not just doing some job, but really being gripped by this uh, as you work through it. And it's been a really uh, challenging time, but a wonderful time. And uh, I've been refreshed many times uh, just going back, being reminded of the grace of God, uh, the work of Christ, uh, specifically, particularly for me. Uh, I don't think, and of course I sometimes get shocked when I look in the mirror and I see an older person. Uh, I really don't think I'm as old as I am. Uh, But I have to say, I am getting older, and nevertheless, I don't think now, I, I think I can say I'm never going to get over how gracious God was to me, how kind he was to me, uh, to come to me in my time, in my generation, where I was, what I was doing, what I was thinking, my heart, my attitude, uh, all my friends and my culture. Uh, this verse in 1 Timothy 1 I just want to read it again because it's, it ties in with our passage and our, our theme, Here Am I, Send Me, and my really heartfelt goal that somehow uh, each and every one of you will feel pulled, not pushed, not forced, but pulled uh, by the Lord himself in your life, in your context, to serve him with all that God has given you and that he would free it up for his honor and his glory so that you will find yourself uh, praising God when you're, well, all of your life uh, worshiping him and never forgetting that grace. I want to read this again. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for this very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example 
for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. God has called us to that. He has not come but to save sinners for his own glory, the worst of sinners, uh, so that those worst of sinners would display his unlimited patience in them as an example to those around, to those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. I'm a missionary, yes. I was called to work in Slovakia. But I'm a missionary in Slovakia because I worked in Prague. And I was a missionary in Prague because I worked in Kenya. And I was a missionary in Kenya because I worked in Seychelles. But I could never have worked in Seychelles had I not met a believer in California who himself was put on display to me, who did not want him, did not appreciate him to begin with. And as I said this morning, for my sake, God allowed many things to go poorly in his life so I could see with my own eyes what Christ was really all about because I really didn't understand Christ. I didn't understand the church, and I would never go near one. Somebody had to come out to me displaying the love of Christ, the unlimited patience of Christ. And as I watched him, I began to be drawn to his God. And I really mean that. I was drawn to God through him. And I wanted him to tell me about God. And he did. And God, he so changed me. He, he so uh, I, you know, I began to read the Bible. The man, I asked him, he gave me a Bible, and I read it, and I tell you, I kept on sinning for quite a while. I didn't just like, man, I'm going right in this direction. It was a little while. And as I read the Bible, I began to look at my life, and I said, what am I doing? I'm doing this. I'm in deep trouble because I... God sees me. And I began to live in the presence of God till I couldn't stand it anymore. And then I began to realize through the word that God was calling me out of that, convicting me of my sin and calling me to repentance. And I saw myself as he saw me and I repented in dust and ashes by his grace. And he lifted me up. About two days later, after my conversion, I began to actually go to the beaches of California and go towel to towel telling people about Jesus. I just had a passion to tell people. And I'm not boasting at all. It's just I had to. Was I ready to be a missionary? Not at that time. I had much to learn. But now, let's move the tape forward a little bit, backwards. When I was in the Seychelles Islands as a missionary, my first paycheck was $75. 
I thought, wow, it takes a little while for the machinery to work. But the second paycheck finally came in, and it was $175. I thought, this is not going good. <laughs> well, finally, it really got up to $350, and it stayed there for four years. We were broke. We had $800 in bills every month. And I can tell you 48 stories of how God took care of us. 48. I, at the end, we no longer got complaining, looking at the little envelope, but we actually said, how will God do it this month? Confidence. No doubt whatsoever. At the beginning, I was complaining, I was frustrated, I was bitter, I was accusing, well, I was doing a lot of things that weren't right. But God taught us so much over the years. Why did I need that? Well, I didn't really know uh, how to trust God as I needed to. But eventually, now that I am in Slovakia, I work with a people group called the Gypsies, the Roma. And I work with people who have 12 children in their family in one little room, and they make $350 a month. And I tell them, and they don't look through me when I say this, God will help you. And I'm convinced that all those 25 years ago, God was preparing me, preparing us to work with the poor called us so that we could be an example of his love and care. Can you identify the, the, for this very reason that God has called you in your life now, where you are, in your community, wherever you are? How God is using you as an example we come to our text tonight in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. We are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death and to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal? to such a task. How comforting to know that to God, never forget this, to God, you are the aroma of Christ. You will always be the aroma of Christ to him. He has paid a heavy price to make us children of God, and that is what we are. We will never not be the children of God by his grace. Those who have been saved by his grace, those he has atoned for, he said it is finished. He is not going to bring it up again, our sins. He, we belong to him. We are led in triumphal procession. Back in the days of Rome, the general would come back after a campaign, and behind him were all the spoils. The victory was seen. He brought captives in his train, people who followed him. And that's the picture that Paul wants us to have. Christ on his cross, 
ransomed people from every nation, as we read, as we saw. He ransomed us, and we are his. Not just slaves, but children, dear children of his. The fragrance, the aroma of Christ. But we have asked, Send me. You have done so much for me. And I heard the voice of Jesus say, who will go for me? Who will go for us? And we have said, send me. But are we ready? Do we understand that when we go out, we are just one aroma, the aroma of Christ, And we thank God for that. But as you go out, you will find, as you well know, that's not the way everybody smells us. We wish that wherever we went, we smelled like the fragrance of life. And that's what we know God has given us. And it gives us joy. And and it hurts us when people dismiss us. When they refuse us, when they categorize us, they misinterpret us as the smell of death. Have you ever smelled anything rotting, dead? It's horrible. And that's what people think about us. We stink. Does that feel good? Never. Even if you know It is for Christ's sake. It does hurt. We cannot get rid of that. But it should not deter us. Paul says, thanks be to God who leads us in triumphal procession. And we want to give God thanks. We never want to turn tail and run. We are his fragrance. We are the aroma of Christ. And I would add to that, We are ambassadors. Paul later says, all this wonderful work of Christ is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Displays of his unlimited patience. Our lives are subject to him. Our whole life is subject to him. Ambassadors don't go out and make their own message. They don't have, they're not at liberty to say whatever they want on behalf of the one who sent them. They have their message given to them. Their methods belong to him. All of our lives, our methods, our friends, our attitudes, all of our circumstances are all subject to God's sovereign plan. And when he spreads us around, when he spreads us to display his unlimited patience, where will you find yourself? Only the places you choose? Will you be surprised that he's calling you in a context to witness for him, to speak for him. 
How many of you have read the latest issue of Christianity Today, the, the little article called My Shipwreck Conversion? No, I can't see this. At least, no. Yes. What an article. It's, a, it's both difficult and joyful. It's, 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 it's praiseworthy. There's a former professor who used to be a lesbian who tells of her conversion to Christ. How great it is what God has done in her life. What a testimony. And we're shocked sometimes. But remember what Paul said? And such were some of you. He fills his church with such people. He goes to such people. He brings them in. He changed changes them, and they join us, and we welcome them, and we're grateful. But how do you go to those people and display Christ's unlimited patience? Do we judge them, or we say, I'll go anywhere. Here am I. Send me. Send me there. Allow me the privilege, the honor to represent you in that surrounding. Two months ago, three months ago, I was at a little meeting in MTW in Atlanta, and it was for missionary applicants who had come to a, just right to a place and they couldn't go any farther in the application process. They just didn't know if they could really commit. So they called some old people like me to come in there and others to help them. So we were sitting there and this one mother with some children said, I have one question. Is it safe? Is it safe if I become a missionary? I thought, is it safe? Well, uh, here I am. Uh, I'm alive. God has kept me safe. I've been all over the world. I've been in all kinds of circumstances. There's nobody... Uh, uh, on a phone, traveling behind me, uh, monitoring me. Uh, nobody going to break down my door. I sleep all at night. Uh, we've raised children overseas. Yes. I think it's safe. I get it. It's safe. Oh, but wait a minute. You know what? I'll tell you this. In the course of your ministry, in the course of your going, you may find that in order to follow through with where you are, you will have to enter into harm's way. And you'll have a choice. Keep going, or you'll turn around and run. And the only way that you can go forward is if you've already died. If you have not died, if Christ has not put to death the flesh, if you're not living for him, I assure you, it's not safe. Because he is calling you to speak into your own family. It's not safe there if you're a Christian and you really want to be Christ and you want to be that and you're, even to your own children, to your neighbors next to you, to your community, to people groups, you will find that you are the smell of death somewhere, and when you encounter that, 
if you're more in, concerned about your reputation and your life, then it's not safe anywhere, even if you don't go and if you don't finish the application process. It's not safe. You haven't even yet figured it out. Every one of us is going to hit that wall, that place where it's not safe. Like I said this morning to these wealthy men, I guarantee you, uh, you'll hit the clubhouse this week. You'll do something somewhere where you will hit your wall and you will say, what will they say? We're called to display the love of Christ, to display the aroma of Christ, who himself blazed the trail for us, and he has enlisted us to follow in his train. If we've hated the master, how much more the servant? God has called us for this, to display the unity, the love, our doctrine, and unlimited patience with sinners so that we will say, such were some of you, but look what Christ has done. This year and the next four years, while I'm gone abroad, may God give you the ability and the desire to pray together fervently, call meetings, get together Confess your sins to one another and resolve to stand shoulder to shoulder together as a church to lick the wounds of your fellow comrades, to be there for them when they get beat up by following Christ. Stand shoulder to shoulder and be known that we're really in something deeper than us. We're being, we're dying. But Christ is living through us and going to the lost for us. Renew your patience. Renew your call. Renew. Renew. And say willingly, here am I. Send me. And tomorrow, go out and look for some way in the day, somewhere in the day, that God has so set you up that you've hit your wall faster than you ever thought. And whatever comes, go forward for his sake. Let's pray. Again, Father, please give us grace. None of us is equal to such a task. Without you, we can do nothing but turn and run, as I have done so in my own life. But you have cleansed me, and you have given me other opportunities. You know this, Father. And who knows what the future brings? But Lord, make us all yours, upheld by your right hand, kept by the power of your love and your will, 
that nothing can happen to us apart from your knowing it. Help us to be confident in this, that you have called us, you will keep us, and you will put us on display. You will make us your unlimited patience people to those around us, and they will be amazed. And perhaps, even though some smell death, perhaps they will also be changed by your grace, and they will begin to smell life. They will change their minds. They will repent and turn and become your trophies of grace. Oh God, do this for the sake of your name here in Lakeland. Do not let us go back. Do not let us stumble. Lord, be with us as you have promised and honor your name. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.